0: Hey Headlampers, welcome to the Headlamp Hour. I'm your host Nate Jukes, father of five, actuary by day, and a trail runner before sunrise. On this episode of the Headlamp Hour, we talk with Kim and Justin Haslam. Kim and Justin are a trail running couple from Ogden, Utah. Both nurses, they balance their time between work, running, and being parents to their three children. In this conversation, we talk about all of that and more, including life lessons learned from 100 mile finishes and DMFs, Justin's appendicitis, kim's vietnamese heritage and helping their kids find and pursue their passions i hope you enjoy my conversation with kim and justin haslam all right justin and kim haslam welcome to the headlamp hour thanks for being here
1: thanks for having us
0: all right well i'm super excited for this conversation um just a little backstory of how me and you Kim, know each other. So we went to the same high school. I was a junior when you were a senior, so you're just one year older than me. And we ran at Bingham high school in South Jordan. And I remember you as, you know, the fastest girl on the team and just crushing it every race and almost winning every race and, um, and just, you know, being super fast and looking up to you in that way. Um, so. I guess I just wanted to start out with kind of a walk down memory lane with, uh, <laughs> Bingham high school, all those years ago, we had a, we had a coach whose name was Jeff Arbogast, um, yeah. affectionately known as Arb, um, for short. And he was a very interesting character as many coaches are super nice, super really old guy. I think I'd been coaching there for like 30 years, even, um, by the time me and you were running there. And so I just wanted to ask you just a quick, like memory that you had of, of coach Arb, maybe something funny that he used to always say, or a funny story that you remember anything come back to your mind?
1: Um, so I, I have so many great loving memories of him because he was kind of like a father figure to me, but I, some just quirky things that I remember about him Are walking into his classroom, watching him typing with his like picking at the keys with two fingers. And um, (laughs) which I thought was funny because he's an English teacher. And so that was just quirky to me. But also his quotes. And the one that I remember the most is just whenever we're driving down south, passing. Paragona. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but he so would always live, say "Yeah,
0: Paragona yeah. or Paragona. Yeah,
1: but he would always say Paragona, right?
0: <laughs> Probably. Yeah.
1: And he would say like just burping Tupperware lids in Paragona. <laughs> he would always say that as like a quote, like, and I think it was maybe meant to, I don't even know. I don't even know. Do you remember him saying that?
0: Yeah, I do. When we were driving down to Foot Locker or something to California. Yeah. Yeah. He would say the The weirdest stuff.
1: The ultimate dad jokes. Yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) That that doesn't even make sense at all. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So many arb isms. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, good. Well, thanks for letting me uh indulge a little bit in our in, in our high school past with coach arb that's that's fun um we're also excited that you're here Justin to get to know you thank you um so i wanted to open with with this question though what roles define your identity and shape who you are just each of you if you want to go
1: okay well for me number 1 being a mother that's my most important role. I mean, obviously that's a big one. Um, and I'm a nurse and I love having that be a part of my identity, um, and just helping people. And I love being in that career field and definitely being a runner and specifically a trail runner. I like that being a part of my identity. So, cool. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And and for me, kind of, uh, I guess every, everyone says being a father. I've, I've you know I've listened to some of your podcasts as well. And uh, father, yeah. But I think friend is important too. Being a friend hmm. uh, to others, being friend in my family, to my kids, and and to my wife. I think that uh, that really defines me. Um, I'm also a nurse. I feel like that's a big uh, defining factor in my life as well. Um, uh, I like uh, that I can be helpful to others and, uh, and, you know, sometimes save lives, I guess, but it's not always that, but it it makes you feel important. Um, And, uh, and then probably the same trail runner, um, a runner, an active person, I'd say overall, like, Somebody who's, who likes to stay active and moving and um, kind of going forward in some direction with, like, career um, uh, sports uh, that need to be trail running or, you know, climbing and uh, uh, mountain biking and other things like that. So just an active outdoorsmanship type person. So.
0: Well, I love that. And I, and I love that you led with friend. I think that's, that's important. You know, first and foremost, we, we want to be friends to, to everybody that we have a relationship with. If, even if it's, um, you know, whether a spouse relationship, a child relationship, you know, like parent relationship or literally just a friend. So, uh, thank you for bringing that in. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And just, just some light questions to get started. Um, uh, how did you two meet? That's what I want to know the story.
1: Well, um, the first time we ever saw each other was, um, his cousin was on the track and cross country team with me at Utah state. And I was at her birthday party and Justin was fresh off his mission. Like, he had gone home like three days before, and <laughs> he was really awkward. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. with his brother, who had previously asked me on a date, but I ghosted him, so his brother was upset with me. And I just remember his brother being angry with me and talking to Justin about me, and it being really awkward. But then we ran into each other maybe three months later um, in like the student union, union building and Justin and I both looked at each other and we were like, oh, I like, he's pretty cute. And then he, I don't know what you thought.
2: <laughs> so I had this friend and he uh, he's kind of a kind of awkward guy too. So <laughs> um i i mentioned to him when i was in the in the lunchroom i was like oh that girl over is pretty cute He's like, oh which one you know like and then this was before online dating right so right different world but uh i was like oh that one and and he's like oh okay and he just like gets up and like walks over there and um starts talking to you guys i think yeah and it's just like Justin, come over here, and I'm like, oh man, this is <laughs> the, my worst nightmare in the, <laughs> the whole entire world. Um, but I ended up going over there and chatting. I think for a little bit.
1: Yeah, and then he was like, Justin, why don't you and Kim date? I Just remember that really boldly, and so. then we started dating.
0: It started out kind of off. <laughs> that's okay as long as it finishes it finishes okay. But, yeah. yeah, what a what a good friend. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Just sticking his neck out there for you. Of Yeah. Or yeah. sticking your neck out there for you. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want to say it. So, love it. Awesome. Um so yeah, you guys met at Utah State. Kim, you ran competitively for Utah State on the cross country and track teams. Um, can you talk about that for a little bit, what your, um, college experience was like and just how you enjoyed it or maybe some things that you didn't enjoy so much about it? Just what was your experience overall?
1: Um, I loved it so much. Um, sometimes I wish I could go back and appreciate it more because I didn't realize how great it was to just. Travel every weekend with your closest friends, have meals paid for, and you know, just see really amazing places. Um, but I feel like it was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, I, I, I think maybe if I was in a different environment, I could have maybe ran faster with like maybe different training and different types of structure. But what I really needed at that time was um, like balance in all aspects of my life. And I feel like my coach really hammered that into us. And that was really important to him for us to have balance in like school, relationships, running. It wasn't like running was the number one thing. And I feel like that's a little bit unique about... The program that I was in. So I'm just grateful that that's where I landed. Um, And I just, I feel like my experience there set me up for the rest of my life in things other than running. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, that's interesting. So can you expand on that? Like you said, that maybe you feel like you could have been faster if the program was more like cutthroat, like do or die like gun to your head, you better perform, Mm -hmm. but, but because you felt like your coach kind of set it up where, you know, you should have a life outside of running. You maybe didn't perform quote unquote as well, but it set you up better for the rest of your life. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yes, for sure. Like, I feel like there are some other programs that I've heard where they focus a lot on food and weight and just the tiny little details that can add up and make a difference in times. But um, our coach very specifically wouldn't talk about food, food other than trying to help us have a healthy relationship with it. And um, like he wanted us to experience things. I remember one time before a meet, we were traveling up to a meet in Montana and we – literally spent the entire day before the meet at Yellowstone, just like traveling all over the park, seeing all the geysers and just like nice. having a great time.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. so interesting because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's one thing that I missed out on if I missed out on anything during my college experience is like actually seeing the places that we traveled to, <laughs> like instead of just like the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we ate like every single time. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, Justin, so were you guys married while you still had some eligibility left Kim?
1: Um, I had, I had one indoor and outdoor track season left of eligibility after we got married, but we dated for like a year before that.
0: Okay. So, So Justin, what was your experience like, you know, seeing Kim going and traveling and competing and putting her heart and soul into, you know, a competitive sport like that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I was
2: a total outsider, right? This is an outsider's perspective on this, like college running experience. So, um, uh, I, I was, I think not even really into running all that much when we met. And so she, she got me into it. She got me hooked um but it, yeah it was it was just interesting to see um well first and foremost we got a little bit of a stipend so that's kind of nice you know <laughs> as a newly married like you know there's a little bit of a stipend there which is kind of nice I, I, I don't know where free money comes from in those colleges but um uh <laughs> you know it it was it was fun to watch her kind of uh i think at that time when we were married you were trying to like get some record or something like that. And it was, it was interesting to watch her, what she like was changing and in uh, her training regiment and, and uh, uh, just kind of lifestyle. But she, she did have to take off a lot of weekends and, and go run around the country. Um, and so it was cool. Cause my dad was, he got like really fired. He, he's all or nothing kind of guy. And he, he got really fired up about her running and would like, Hey, we got to go see her up in like Idaho. She's going to run this race. And it was really exciting to, to watch him get excited about her too. So, so it was a good, it was a good time. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective.
0: That's and great.
1: As far as Justin, this is the thing. Justin was the only guy that I had dated that didn't feel threatened by me running faster than him. And I feel like that says a lot about him, you know?
0: I tried to keep up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty big. I mean, yeah, I can, I can definitely see, you know, it's kind of like whatever you, whatever the equivalent of like little man syndrome is like, like slow man syndrome to his wife or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, yeah, you you didn't have that or at least you didn't exhibit it. And so that's, that's a win. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I, I wanted to get into how you guys got into trail running. Um, I understand that your first race was the Bryce Canyon, 50 miler, um, 50 trail run or first trail race, at least. And, uh, you guys ran it together. And as we just found out, when I say you ran it together, meaning you signed up together, but ran, uh, Kim did run it faster than you, Justin. She did. Um, you must've checked that out. I, I yeah, I, <laughs> I looked at your ultra sign up so no Yeah, no I didn't secrets. know how to run
2: Yeah, I didn't know how to run anything over uh 26 miles. So up until that point I was ahead of her. Um, and then I died.
0: <laughs> just died.
1: That's true.
0: Okay. Well that's that's something I didn't see on ultra sign up. So that's good. You went out too okay. fast basically and <laughs> way too fast. <laughs> good. So I guess yeah, just the question like you know, did you guys come from the traditional like road running background and then like what piqued your interest about trail running and then maybe what piqued your interest in particular about that race, the Bryce Canyon 50. Um,
1: I feel like we both kind of had the same like trajectory, like at least as far as me after college, like we both started doing road halves and Justin did a road marathon And then I feel like we had seen some films about ultra running, maybe at like the BAMP Film Festival. And so that kind of piqued our interest. But then um, Justin looked into it more. I think he was more inquisitive about it at first. And then he found the Bryce Canyon 50 miler. And watched the YouTube video, and he decided he wanted to sign up. And then I was like, Well, I want to do it too. So I copied him.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: Yeah, I like it. Um, so I think what uh, ultimately, for me at least, the biggest thing that kind of piqued my interest is I remember being in Logan. And I, we went to a park, uh, Kim and I together. And um, I, I don't know, it was just kind of like hanging out or. It was
1: like late at night.
2: Yeah, it was late but at I... night.
1: It was dark.
2: Yeah, but this van full of people showed up, and they got out and they're like hobbling, like they could hardly even walk. And we're like, "Who are these people?" And so I literally asked, "I'm like, what did why? What is going on?" (laughs) Because (laughs) it was literally like a van full of probably like I don't know, maybe even forty people.
1: The suburbs. Yeah, it's
2: like a park in the middle of the city. And so we asked them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we just got done with the Bear 100." And so oh. I'm just like, I was like, kind of piqued my interest and I'm like, what is this thing that's kind of happening? And, uh, and so I, I looked into that and I was like, okay, that's kind of outrageous that people even think about that. Um, and then, and that's when I started kind of looking into other races that are, that would be possible for me to do. That's obviously longer than 26 miles. And, um, and, and so that's when I came across this, uh, the Bryce Canyon 50, 50 mile. And, and the, the website, the video, the YouTube video that Kim talked about, it was, is crazy. Awesome. Like it's got set to awesome music and they look <laughs> like they're having a blast. Now I didn't feel exactly that way when I was dying at mile 26, but <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, it was a good YouTube video that got me hooked.
0: That's so cool. I think there's always that point in our lives as trail runners where we like question like do people really do that like and it sounds like that was the moment when you saw those people come out of the van just at a park that looked like they were hobbling or whatever like wow like a hundred miles like are you serious like does is that like I I love that story because it kind of just uh I feel like encapsulates like a lot of our stories of realizations of of what trail running really is so cool. Um All right. And then I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, your family and kids and all of that, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Kim, you, uh, I understand your mother, uh, is Vietnamese and was a refugee and immigrated to the United States in, is it in like the 1970s around that time?
1: 1975.
0: Yep. Awesome. And I guess I just wanted to ask a couple questions about that, like what that story, what, you know, means to you, like what your mother means to you, what she represents, you know, uh, whether it's like, you know, bravery or, or, you know, hope and faith and coming to a new country and, and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah. Um, I love that you're bringing this up because I actually thought about it a lot during my hundred miler, but, um, I feel like growing up, I didn't have an appreciation for what she went through. And it's only as I've gotten older that I've realized how hard her life was growing up and what she has gone through. Um, so she came here when she was 20 in 1975, right? When like the borders shut down. Like you see those pictures of the last helicopter leaving Saigon. And it was like, that's the time that she left. And um, she left her entire family other than um, she had a cousin who was married to a US soldier. And that's how she got out. So she came with them and the rest of her family thought she was dead for years. And she came here, learned English got a job, and just has worked hard her entire life. And um, she is just the kindest, most giving person, but so, so strong. And um, I had never met any of her family until, I think it was 2018. We went there and it was just the best, like meeting that side of my family. And Um, there's so much strength between all of them. They've all been through a lot of traumatic life events. And I feel like there was a piece of me that I don't know, like got put back together. Like I understood parts of me that I didn't understand before and it was just beautiful. But um, I thought about, her and my grandma a lot during my hundred miler and just kept thinking like if they can go through what they went through like this is kind of a trivial thing that I'm doing right now and I'm choosing to do it like I can go through this pain for 32 hours and yeah
0: that's perfect and I was going to ask you like how that translates into your running like you know if that heritage that you have like affects the way that you view yourself as a runner or if you feel like you inherited any anything like any special you know you know bravery or or stick to itness or or whatever from your from your mom and and her side of the family you know toughness resilience and it sounds like that that is the case or at least you draw on their experience during the tough times of a race.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And, um, I think just the ability to try to be optimistic in hard times, um, because talking to any of them now, they don't, they don't really dwell on the hard things that they went through. They look forward. And I think that's really beautiful um also I like to think that I do pretty well in heat because of (laughs) just like I I do feel like that's kind of in my blood because Vietnam is so hot and humid it's a sauna yeah (laughs) yeah and like I I feel like that might be why I do pretty well in heat
0: there you go
2: yeah, you should meet her grandma. Her grandma's 98 years old oh, in yeah. Vietnam. Wow. And uh, last time we saw her, she, 98, she's like bouncing on the side of a um of the the armrest on a couch as a 98 year old, just kind of like sitting up there and somehow balancing on there. We're just like, this lady is,
1: yeah, crazy. She's so. amazing. <laughs> so, those That's are my
0: so cool. jeans. Awesome. Well. <laughs> whether it's a uh, real or perceived, it seems, it, it seems to work. So maybe it's just the placebo effect, but, but either way, um, you can, you can feel like you do well in the heat. That's great. <laughs> That's good. Um, love it. And yeah, I guess you, you kind of talked about how, you know, if my mother and other family members can go through that kind of hard time that I can go through this kind of hard thing, like running a hundred mile race. And I'm even choosing to go through this. Like I could stop it at any moment. Have you ever thought like, and I don't want to make you feel guilty, but I've just like, almost like felt guilty sometimes like thinking like, I should be doing something that's like hard, but like, more for like a good cause or something like (laughs) instead of like putting myself through like a hundred mile pain for like, just for nothing, it seems like almost like personal glory. So I guess like, and both of you can answer this, you know, like, what do you guys think about that? Or what's your reaction to that kind of thought?
1: Well, for me, I mean, we always talk about how much of a privilege it is to be able to do these things because my family in Vietnam, like, I mean, even currently, they don't do things like this, right? Like they don't have that privilege. And it is such a privilege to be out there and to be able to train and have spaces where we can do these types of things.
0: Yeah. Like other people are mainly concerned about like survival, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're like out running like for fun or for fitness. And I don't know, Yeah. but anyways, just yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I've said this multiple times when, um, when I'm trained, like training or like getting ready for a race or something like that, that how, like, and people listening, might sound awful, but I feel like it's, it's selfish. Like it's really a selfish thing. Um, and, 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 you know, the balance between that, And we talk talked about this a little bit, but family and, and, and the balance between yourself, because this is kind of like, you have to train a lot to, to be able to, um to do something like this or at least feel comfortable doing it like you can get you can probably do this off the couch you know maybe yeah but it's uh but to be able to train for it and be somewhat successful um in it you have to you have to put a lot of time and effort you gotta um if you want to have a good balance with your family life you know wake up at four o'clock five o'clock in the morning and, and go um so
0: yeah absolutely like you know, last Saturday I drove down to St. George. So took an hour and then ran for five hours and then drove back. So it was like, you know, that's like a seven, eight hour away from my family on a Saturday, you know, when I should be home. Um, obviously, but like you said, you know, it's not every weekend, but it still felt super selfish, right? Like it was just part of my build to this race that I have coming up, but, um, anyways, that's kind of a good transition and really into the ethos of this podcast, the headlamp hour, like you mentioned, you know, um, making sacrifices to get your training in at times when it maybe is less, you know, uh, takes away less time from family and other obligations and things. Um, you guys have three beautiful children. Um, but I wanted to go back to um, my understanding was that it wasn't necessarily easy having those children. Like you struggled with some infertility. So can you just talk about that for a second and, and how you ended up having three children?
1: Don't
0: <laughs> I don't know if this is my place. <laughs>
1: um, so we had our first Hudson in 2014. And then when we were trying for our second, um, it just wasn't happening. And so we had to go down the road of trying to figure out why and taking um, fertility meds and even doing like IUI procedures. And um, it just was a lot. And especially during a time when I was really excited about running and competing in like the trail running world. Um, I wanted to keep building up my distances, but the medications really took a toll on my body and, um, even trying to plan for races because a lot of the bigger races you have to sign up, you know, almost a year in advance or have a qualifying time. And then if you're pregnant, then you're out that money if you don't do the race. And so it just was a little frustrating to me during that time to deal with the infertility but then not even be able to distract myself with like competing in trail running and um just having so many unknowns but eventually we got pregnant with our second so there's like a five-year age gap between our first two and then like two years later had our third um but just like jumped into doing the infertility stuff right away. Cause we knew that was an issue. So yeah.
0: Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Not like, like I said, not really <laughs> necessarily, you know, my place to talk about it because during that time, like I had done a couple, you know, ultra, you know, I think I did the bear twice between those times. So, yeah. you know, a little bit, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different, I'd say. So,
1: yeah, it was, um, it was honestly hard to, like, I don't want to throw a pity party for myself, but during the time I did really struggle with just watching him do all these things and be able to train um while I had this like physical toll on my body, just even trying to get my kids here. And then um, just the logistics of how the races are set up and signups and stuff. Like, just was really frustrating. And I had emailed a couple race directors at the time asking, like, hey, if I am pregnant at this time, can I get a deferral? And um, I just at that time people weren't very open to that. And I'm glad that now it seems like things are changing. Um but during that time it was just
0: really frustrating. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. That that would be super frustrating and just super difficult. Like the most difficult thing about a trial is like not knowing when it's going to end, I think. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, it's like okay, that was 3 4 years of my life or whatever, and now it's over and so it's a lot easier to look at, but when you're in the middle of it and you don't know when it's going to end, it's it's really it's difficult. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I I have noticed some races have popped up that have like pregnancy deferral policies. And I think that's really good for our sport, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah. And I I was going to ask you, yeah, I I was looking on your ultra signup and it looked like you did take a quite a long break, you know, between your first or second ultra and your, (laughs) and the Wasatch 100. (laughs) And I was wondering if it had to do with, you know, um, pregnancy and 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 things of that sort. So yep. sounds like it was. But and and yeah, Justin, I've been in your shoes too. Um, you know, with my wife being sidelined with pregnancy or even just injury kind of related to pregnancies, like, um, and trying not to feel guilty when I'm having a good time running races and on the trails and you know, obviously trying to be as supportive and sensitive to my wife as, as I can about those things. Um, that's, yeah, that's difficult. Um, so, but we, we all know who the real heroes are, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, The moms yeah. for sure. So, um, salute, salute to the moms, but, um, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit about, Um, so about your, your children and their participation in sports or running or just being outdoors in general. Um, I think I saw on Instagram that your son maybe a year or two ago had run in a cross country race looked like a, you know, a local kids cross country club or something like that. Um, what was that experience like? And then maybe more broadly, how do you as parents guide your children into, different activities and endeavors that they want to pursue.
2: Yeah, it was great. So it's the velocity, uh, running club up here in Northern Utah. It's, it's pretty great. It's got a bunch, it's, it's got a big following, like yeah. a lot of kids do it. Cool. And, uh, Hudson's been doing, I think he's done it. This is his third year. I think it's maybe three, two or three years. a fourth, been, or fourth think, year. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. That's fourth funny. year. <laughs> um, but he loves it. He eats it up. Um, This year, he was able to make it to state, which is pretty rad. So he ran against a bunch of kids there. And And
1: it was so cute. He ran at Cottonwood Complex, where we used to have the region meet.
0: Oh, no way.
1: And I was just like, oh, I remember (laughs) running here. (laughs)
0: Dream come true for Kim.
2: (laughs) But how we kind of, like, guide um, him, I mean, we just let him do what he wants, you know? Like, I feel like sometimes there's a lot more... I'm kind of anti-pressure guy and I don't fault parents who kind of want to like get their kid involved and, you know, kind of a little bit more pressure, but I'm very much hands like, Hey, you do what you want to do. If you love it, that's fine. If you don't love it, we won't do it. Like no big deal. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of our kind of guiding way I think.
0: Um,
1: that's his getting way. So my <laughs> getting away is, is that, living
0: vicariously through your children. Yes, And you're like, running at the same place I was certain, during yes. high school. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> no, I I was so excited to watch him fall in love with running, and I it's just blessed my life so much, and it's so important to me. And I would love for it to be important to my children, but. Um, he is so young, and so I feel like the likelihood of that carrying on long term. Um, I don't know. I just feel like feel like it's a tricky thing. So I try to not put too much. I try to not put any pressure on him, and I try to make sure he's having fun. But I do give him tips for races. Um, And that's really fun for me. And I don't know. I'm just happy that he loves it still. But we're both not like organized sports people, like soccer, basketball, stuff like that. Like neither of us ever really did that or understand it. So running just kind of feels like
0: just makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Our
1: kids don't really know anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we. Yeah. We, I, I feel like me and my wife are probably somewhere in the, in between you two, like, yeah, really wanting our kids obviously to enjoy running. Cause me, my wife is also a runner that we met on the cross country and track team in in college, but, but at the same time, you know, trying to take the philosophy, like let them try lots of different things. Um, but, but, you know, ultimately let them decide. So it's always, it's always really exciting though. When they, when they do like well in the sport that you, that you really want them to do well in or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. All right. And then I want to talk a little bit about your job. So you, uh, mentioned that both of you are nurses. Um, and Kim, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you did not go to Utah state for nursing you that was something after that you went to so you went back to school went to weaver state to get your nursing degree talk about that and did you have uh one child at the time or Yeah. yeah what was that like
1: so i went to utah state and did got a bachelor's in environmental studies which was so fun And I loved it. I love the College of Natural Resources, but I do really feel like my time spent at Utah State was mostly focused on running and -hmm. enjoying that and friends. Um, And Justin, his goal was to become a nurse. So after we got married, we moved down to Ogden and he went to nursing school. I had a baby. I watched him go through nursing school. And I, once I had my son, I was like, I want a mom job. Like I want a job that is flexible and um, has a lot of options. And I know there's some nurses who work like a couple times a month. And then later when their kids are in school, they work full time. And I just like, honestly, that was my whole goal was to have a good mom job. And so Um, that's why I went to nursing school and, um, I'm in my dream job right now. And I work twice a month as a postpartum nurse and I get to hold all the babies and teach new moms, like how to be moms. And it's just perfect for me right now. So I'm, I'm grateful that I did that. It was really hard balancing, um, being a mom going to school, training for my first ultra. I don't know why I did that then. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Why not? But we did it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, well, that's really cool. Before we move to you, Justin, I want to ask a a couple of questions more to Kim. So you, uh, like you said, you work a couple of times a month and you get to talk to moms who have just had a baby, um, possibly lots of moms who have just had their first baby. Um, have you ever had any moms who are runners who want to know like what it's like running postpartum or anything like that, or just friends that like, what, what are your pieces of advice for, for moms like that?
1: Um, my advice is to take it slow. Um, just because your body needs to heal. And I, I know a lot of people who don't take it slow and they pay for it in the long run. Um, And for me, I definitely always took the time that my doctors told me to take. And I'm grateful that I listened because it paid off. But I just think it's important not to rush it. And I feel like even during pregnancy, I've seen a lot of people who run throughout their entire pregnancy. And I was always frustrated because I couldn't really do that. Like my body couldn't handle it, but um, I had to get to a place where I just accepted it and realized that it really, in the end, doesn't make that much of a difference. So,
0: You're saying like, because you lose all your fitness anyways. Yeah. I mean, something. but you can
1: get it back. Like you can, like yeah. eventually a couple years down the road, you're not going to be, so much further ahead because you ran through your pregnancy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That That's makes how sense. I The only way I can see, you know, people using it is not necessarily to maintain fitness, but just to maintain like, you know, sanity. overall health or sanity, you know, like mental health for and sure, stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. that, I think that makes sense.
1: Whatever works for each individual woman, but I feel like, um, There shouldn't be pressure either way to run or to not run. So, yeah,
0: that's good. No pressure. No pressure. This is
2: also coming out of our heritage. I mean, I think in Vietnam, don't they have like a, you're supposed to sit and not do anything after. Yeah.
1: Yeah, For a month. You're supposed to lay in bed for a month.
2: One whole month.
0: There you go. The
1: sitting month.
0: The sitting month. They have a name for it. That's great. Yes,
1: (laughs) You're not supposed to shower for a month either. Didn't follow that, but. (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) That's funny. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think, uh, my wife would definitely be a fan of the sitting month. That's for sure. (laughs) I tried to let her do as much sitting as possible, but also with, you know, as we've, as we've had more and more kids, that's, that gets more difficult, but oh yeah, um, (laughs) Uh, anyways, so to you, Justin, so you, um, are also a nurse, uh, what, so is that way you went to school for the first time around, or did you also kind of go back to school for that?
2: Yeah, we took the, we both took the long road. Okay, cool. So, um, I was going to do, I was doing exercise science. Um, and I was going to, my plan was to do physical therapy the whole time. Okay. Um, I was actually on the cycling team. So that's kind of where I got the endurance part of it up at Utah state. Oh, and, nice. uh, I got, yeah, I got hit by a, a car, um, doing just that. I think it was on my brother's birthday. I ruined my brother's birthday. Um, and, uh, uh, a bunch of really great nurses took care of me. And I kind of, that's when I kind of changed my mind a little bit. I was like, Hey, this is a pretty good, pretty good gig. looks like they're having a good time. And, um, I worked for I hope he doesn't listen to this, but I I worked for a physical therapist up in Logan and he wasn't a shining example of physical therapist. He looked (laughs) like he was pretty miserable in his job. And I mean, this was one experience that I'm I'm sure there's plenty of physical therapists that listen. So I apologize. But, um, (laughs) but, but he, he just would kind of sit in his office and come out for an assessment, go right back into his office, wasn't really engaged. And so I kind of was nervous that that was everywhere. And so, so that's kind of how I got in the idea. That's what I wanted to do um, is, is become become a nurse. And uh, I, I I ended up going kind of the same route. Went down to Weber State, uh, went and got my nursing degree there. Um, and it just was kind of a continuous thing. So um, you know, you have to get to, to do nursing. It's kind of a, a long road because um, you have to get your um, RN then uh BSN, like a bachelor's degree in nursing. And then I ended up getting a, a master's degree. And so I'm actually a nurse practitioner. I work down here for Ogden clinic. Um, and, uh, and so I work with in, in family practice. So just a kind of a, a jack of all trades, master of none, kind of see everything and everything, uh, anything and everything that you'd ever imagine. Um, uh, and, and, and so that's kind of what I do now.
0: Well, that's really cool. That's an interesting story. And yeah, I, I think that's, I'm sorry to hear that you got hit by, by a car cycling, um, another accident or, or mishap or whatever you want to call it that I, that I found, uh, on a Instagram post of Kim's back in November of 2022, it showed you Justin uh, lying in a bed, wearing a hospital gown, hooked up to an IV and you were looking pretty out of it. Um, can you tell us, can you tell us the story of you weren't at work, right? That wasn't you at work, right? That was you. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was my appendix. Yeah. Can you tell us the the story of that? What happened?
2: Yeah. So I I was at work when I found out I had appendicitis. So I was kind of, Oh, you know, seeing patients pushing, like having pain in my lower right quadrants kind of every once in a while I push on it and let off really fast and it'd send me through the roof. And I'm like, ah, this can't be appendicitis. It's not, it can't be. So I worked a whole day um, doing that and probably the, the toughness factor of ultras, you know, but, um, cause I'd say my pain was, was, was pretty, probably eight out of 10 at that time. And so I decide, I'm like, ah, oh, I'll just go home and just, I had to work late. So it was eight o'clock and I came home and I'm like, I'll just have one of the other providers order, order me a CT scan in the morning. I was you know, sleep tonight. So I, I, I try to go to sleep and um and I ended up having like full body like shakes and chills and everything and uh and I had to end up driving I had to you know bite my tongue and drive myself to the to the hospital. Um and uh there's actually a funny story. Um, one of one of another troll runner in the area, he's a pharmacist and uh it's is that no okay it's, it's my health okay I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry.
0: we can no, cut, no cut anything out because it's me okay <laughs> okay yeah we can cut out any HIPAA no, violations afterwards no HIPAA if violations. You want. okay
2: yeah so so um so I was in post-op and uh and uh I was kind of coming off of those medications and acting kind of crazy. But it uh, turns out that he saw me the whole time and he's like, who is that guy over there? And he came and looked a little bit closer and turns out it was me and uh, kind of telling the nurse, you're doing such a good job. Like you do so good at taking blood pressures. And I was, I was just like, it was just funny to hear him talk about me and have that connection with him too, another fellow, you know, trail runner.
0: You were just like at an aid station then just getting, yeah, just just, in an aid
2: station. Had a blast.
0: Just getting your appendix taken out. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Coming off, uh, you know, Valium or whatever. Okay. but he
1: legit, like, I'm not a bad wife, but he did drive himself to the hospital and he did spend the night there by himself
0: we have kids what are we supposed to yeah, do you yeah do that? no you know what
1: I mean? he was like it's fine it's fine but you know i just feel like it's pretty hardcore yeah
0: that is baby. that is very hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's a great story i love it thanks for sharing that um <clears throat> so with you two both being like nurses you know um i i know you know maybe kim you don't work like every day but but you, but you obviously, you know, stay home with the kids and, and, uh, do very, uh, um, valuable work there. What is, does your typical day look like as far as getting runs in getting work in and and so forth for both of you?
1: Um, when I can, when I can get up the motivation, I try to go in the morning, like between five and five thirty, and then get home about the time that Justin leaves for work at like 7 30. Um, so I'm typically running in the dark in the morning and then how do you get your training? <laughs> oh, I always,
2: I, I have this kind of idea that you got to fit it in the cracks, you know, Good. like I, I, I tell Kim this all the time. And this is really silly, but I told her like when she was training for, for her, the Wasatch 100, I said, you got to stand like, you got to stand all day. You got to stand as much as you can. (laughs) I know this is just silly, but, but I do that at work. Like I, like I make sure I don't sit down. Like I'm never sitting down at work. I'm always standing. Um, uh, you know, maybe I'll sit down for a few seconds when I sit down and talk to the patient. But other than that, I'm not going back to an office. I'm not sitting down. Um, I, I was training for, uh, uh, mountain bike ride last year. And I rode my bike to, to work every single day. Well, not every single day, but probably 90, 90% of the days, I'd say, um, riding to work because I knew I'm like, hey, like I got to fit in the cracks. i got to find these times to, to ride my bike. Um, and that, that's what I do with running too is Kim will run in the morning, you know, I'll run at night or, um, uh, you know, just, just really just fit it in the cracks it's you have to you know we don't have time
0: i yeah i one i really like that obviously because the name of the show is the headlamp hour and you know fitting in in the cracks is another way of saying that um getting your runs in when you can um kim that's also the hours that i take to run is between like 5 and 7 or 5 5:30 and 7:30 about that time um <clears throat> but yeah, I like what you said, Justin, just like trying to focus on like time on feet, you know? And that's uh, like, that's something that I feel like is a different mindset than like a road runner, you know, perspective where, you know, you got to get in like a mile repeat workout or a long tempo run, which, you know, have its has those have their place in trail running, um, uh, context as well. But you know, a lot of it is just like learning to like stay on your feet and keep moving like all day. Right. And so you can do that, fit it in the cracks and, and especially in a job like a, a nurse, but I have a, I have a quote unquote cushy desk job. So I'm thinking of getting like a, like a standing desk or like, I've seen people that like put a treadmill and put a desk like over their treadmill or something like that. I'm trying to get creative with, with things like that, but, uh, uh, I love it. So, um, very cool. So now I wanted to yeah, talk a little bit more about your running and racing that you guys have done. So like, like we mentioned earlier, you did the Bryce Canyon 50 miler, um, as your first trail race, it looks like you also did the antelope 50 K antelope Island 50 K. Um, so you guys, it looks like you did those first two ultras like together, both of you, but now it looks like you've kind of switched to more taking turns. Um, I think I can guess why you've done that, but can you talk about why that transition has taken place and what, what the difference is there?
1: Yeah, definitely kids and just the amount of time that it takes to train. And I think we've found that it works best for us. If one person is focusing on like serious training at a time, um, yeah, so Justin had a little bit of luxury during my pregnancy years. that <laughs> um, those were his years, but now we're kind of just switching every other year. and yeah.
2: Yeah, so those again. uh, Want to reiterate that she? I think I think I'd have to look again, but I think she kicked my butt in the nl fifty k as well. (laughs) So
1: together. Did you? And then you were
2: like, (laughs) "We'd have to recount that. We'll, we'll, you know, maybe put something in here for that." But she, I'm pretty sure she kicked my butt. She beat Um, you
0: by fifteen minutes. There it is. Yeah, there we go. Five hundred three
2: in a fifty k. That's There you go. It's just kind of a routine thing. So, Um, yeah. So in the time when we were kind of when Kim was, uh, we were having a hard time with the uh, infertility. um, uh, I was able to kind of do the bear a few times. So that would that was my next step up. Um, Training for the bear. We we love like adventure running too. Like that's the that's our our thing. And you know we don't have a lot on ultra sign up, but we. Love adventure run, like we'll you know go run off into buentas or or you know do a rim to rim to rim or anything like that because it's just so i don't think there's any way better in this world to see something other than like running through um through the grand canyon or or through uh, uh some national park like um like i remember a road was closed we were in yosemite a road was closed and the only way up to this like lookout point where uh, John Muir and uh, Teddy Roosevelt kind of met was you had to you had to go up there and we're like we took turns running it you know um, and so uh, it, it, adventure running and seeing those locations is just you know the best the best way to see it. So.
0: That's awesome. That's when like, did when did you guys do uh, rim to rim to rim? Was, was
1: 2019? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. so
0: cool. That's definitely on the bucket list. She beat so- me there too. <laughs>
2: you didn't stay yeah. with him? <laughs> I died. This this lady, um, she was about ready to die apparently because she's yelled out, call 911. I need to get out of here. She's like a hiker. And uh, so I ended up staying with her and kind of hiking out with her And and, and Kim had to, you know, she had a, a some sort of record to beat. I'm not I had
1: sure. a Strava segment that I had, yeah, like, hey I'm just kidding, I did not.
0: <laughs> you were going for the FKT, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's like you know, I'm assuming you didn't have your kids with you during that one you know, I feel like that's one of my favorite things to do, whether, uh, whether it's running or just backpacking, uh, with my wife. Um, that's kind of how we've decided how we do our vacations together now is, you know, backpacking or or something of, you know, outdoors. And we just have just loved that, um, enjoying that time together. So I feel
1: like I need to add another reason why we are taking turns with races. Now we learned pretty early on that we should not both do the same race because, um, like, who was going to take care of the kids after the race? Because Mm. I just remember after Bryce Canyon, we had camped. Yeah, we decided to camp. That's (laughs) and then we camped that night, and we both were just like laying in the tent saying, okay, like, who's going to get up and do this thing? Well, you should get up. We no, I really don't want
2: our to. Our legs we were toast. And I mean, obviously that's like our first 50 mile. Where we went, went from like 26 miles to 50 miles. And, um, and obviously I ran the first half really out, out of my league. So, so we were both like just completely done.
1: Yeah. But we realized someone has to be able to function the next day.
0: That is a very good point, you know, that sometimes we don't think about is like the recovery afterwards. So another very good reason to switch off for sure. <laughs> Love it. Um, And as we mentioned before, Kim, so you kind of took a three or four or five year kind of hiatus for pregnancy and childbearing. um, And then you jumped right back into it, it seems with the hundred mile distance, you know, you had done some 50 milers and 50 K's before. So, and, you know, we've skirted around it a little bit, but you did the Wasatch 100, um, just last year, September of 2023. What about that race, you know, piqued your interest, attracted you for your first 100.
1: Um, the history of it and the fact that it's in our backyard, um, And just goes through areas that I grew up loving. Um, And I wanted to do something different than what Justin has done. That's why I didn't want to do the bear. I just wanted kind of my own thing and to make it my own. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, I like the, you know, I guess maybe talk, maybe talk a little bit more about that. Like, why is it important to do your own thing or to not have like, you know, to compare his experience to yours? What was that decision like?
1: I am kind of a stubborn person and I don't like people to tell me what to do and (laughs) not that Justin does that, but um, I do like to figure things out for myself with trial and error even. Um, but I guess I didn't really want his experience to, I don't know if taint is the right word because like, it's not like it would make it bad, but I just didn't want his experience a part of mine. I wanted it to be my own. And it was something that I had thought a lot about, um, as a goal, like while I was having children and I looked forward to it a lot and I thought about it on runs and I just needed it to be a hundred percent my own and just a new experience. I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And (laughs) Justin, as she's making that decision, like, are are you kind of trying to give her advice at all for hundreds or what, like, are you backing off or what's your position like <laughs> uh, I, I do try i have i have been uh
2: guilty of interjecting as i said previously you know i'm like you got to stand around the house you know um uh so so i have been guilty of such but um it, it was cool to see her be able to kind of make it her own i i agree with what she's saying like i feel like if she did the bear it'd just be doing somebody else doing the bear again but the fact that it was a wasatch and then there's the history of the wasatch like the That's that's pretty cool in itself. Like, I she asked me to pace her for a section of the Wasatch, and it was just cool to think about, like, you know, people doing that in the '80s, like, like, you know, maybe driving around their little Volkswagen Golf and doing the uh, the Wasatch (laughs) one with like a fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, with a fanny pack and some like super colorful shorts. Um, (laughs) I need to see pictures if I'm getting this correct or not.
1: Uh,
2: T-shirt, cotton T-shirts, you know. Right. Um, Yeah. Really actually eaten by moths, not like race tech stuff, you know,
0: but very cool. Awesome. And so we've mentioned it as well, but Justin, you've done the bear a handful of times. Um, so the bear one hundreds in Logan, Utah, um, looks like you did it in 2017. Um, 2019, you looks like you had a DNF there, but then in 2021, you finished it and it looks like you're going to say something. I'm going to let you say something about that, but (laughs) I wanted to ask kind of, yeah, what you learned from each of those and maybe in particular, what you learned from that DNF or what the story is behind that. So,
2: yeah, I mean, the first one learned a lot. That's where I learned the most. I mean, obviously I learned the most from that 50 miler, the first race I ever did, in the ultra category. Um, and then this one learned a lot, a lot, I mean, how to prepare and how to, you know, cause you go into it and you're thinking, ah, it's just another race, but man, some of these races are different animals and you have to, you know, wear more than just a long sleeve, uh, you know, race shirt when it's going to be dropping down below, you know, around 20 degrees and the puddles are going to be freezing overnight. Um, so you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff you, you learn when you're just same thing Kim was saying kind of trial and error. That was on my first race. And, um, that was the fastest one probably because I was so cold and had to get out of the uh, sinks, you know? <laughs> um, but just one thing I want to mention about the first race is the coolest thing is we talked about it earlier too. When I saw those people like getting out of it and being super sore and I'm like, what did you guys just do? And they're like the barrel hundred. It's really cool to like, have that goal and then be able to meet that goal and, and finish the bare one hundred and have that same experience that they had. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of really special in my first race. So, uh and then the dagger in the heart that you just uh, <laughs> shot out at. I'm sorry.
0: Like, I'm sorry. DNF.
2: Yeah. No. The I mean, if it was like if I DNF at like mile thirty, it wouldn't be such a dagger. But I think I was at mile like eighty five. um it was a it was a super rainy the whole thing was a was a slog like like in this race like when it rains it turns into like the whole thing turns into a clay mess and the um the mud builds up on your feet and you're slipping down it's just a whole mess i rolled my ankle like four times during the race and it was swollen i don't it was big uh um and so i had to call that one quits at mile 85 which is really sad
1: like he was to the point where to walk downhill he had to walk down backwards
2: yeah um i'm sure i'm sure people have had that experience before but (laughs) it it was it, it was it was quite sad so i had to you know um i don't know learning experience in that race um I don't know if I could have done anything different. Don't roll my ankle, you know. Go faster, because <laughs> people who were ahead of me, they didn't have any problems with the rain, but I, I was a little behind some people, and and uh... you had
0: to you had to tromp through all their other all tracks and and things. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So oh so, well, and but... and again, I didn't, I did not want to bring that up to embarrass you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was mostly just like you know, we learn a lot from our quote unquote failures and we learn a lot from our DNFs. and we 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 might not learn as much from a race that goes quote unquote perfectly right Right. um and so and i'm not you know of the opinion like you know finish this race at any cost no matter what like you know sure there's times to be tough and to tough it out and grit it out but you know if you're injured or you know gonna make you know something worse like you definitely need to stop and whatnot. But yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, just thanks for, thanks for going through that and, and talking about your, your learning experience there for us.
2: Yeah. I think one thing is, um, I got, so I was at probably mile 75 when it really took hold and I got anxious and I was like, Hey, like I got to finish this race. My ankle's was not doing well. I got to get going. And I think if I would have kind of listened to my body, and that's probably what I learned the most from it is okay. hey, you got to listen to your body. Because if I would have like wrapped my ankle or done something right, I I could have finished the race. Because I literally was running probably two or three days later already um, on the ankle, and it's because I took care of it, iced it, wrapped it for a few days, and it was just so much better. The yeah. swelling was down, and uh, and so that's that's probably just got. I mean, these races they're they're long races, so it's not like do or die. I could have taken an extra 30 minutes and really like, you know, thought about things and probably caught back up to where I was. Cause I was walking downhill backwards, you know? So,
0: right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. Well I wanted to talk about one other race that you've done and it looks like you've done it a couple of times. So it's called running up for air and it's up Malin's peak there in Ogden in your backyard. Um, can you talk about the format of that race? Cause is, it seems a little unique. And, and as well as kind of the, the cause or the, the, the thought behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
2: I stand by it a hundred percent. I, it's one of our kind of neighbors here who puts it on, um, for this race, um, the, uh, the entirety of the race is, is multiple different lo- locations. So, but the, the format's the same. So there's another one down in, uh, Salt Lake, um, I just based so, on the name, that's okay. where it started, Grandeur. And that's where ultimately started, this running up for air. Okay. So um, they, they donate to some sort of clean air cause uh, in, in Utah. It's Utah Clean Air. And um, I, I think it's awesome because, I mean, riding my bike to work, obviously, in the state of Utah, we don't have the best air. And so that's that's what the whole cause is for. Um, and they stand by what they do. I mean, I think I saw a post recently that – there was a guy kind of holding how much uh, trash was produced at the last grandeur race, which was, he was able to hold as much trash as they produced. So it's pretty rad. So, um, but the format is uh, kind of laps. So it's in the winter time and they do it in February because it's, I I think there's the most red air days during that week or, or in February in general. Um, And so that's the reason why they've kind of set it up that time of the year. Um, and, uh, and like I said, lap format. So you start down, um, at at the base and, uh, it's kind of a party down there and and kind of fun. And, and, uh, and then you it's, I think Mayland's peak is around, you'll have to correct me 2000 feet of elevation and maybe,
1: Two and
2: a half miles. Yeah, but like, isn't it six miles round trip? Is it so? It'd be six miles round trip. um So a little bit of elevation gain. You know, a lot of there's people who run it, and I don't know what the record is for the 24 hour, but they have a, a different categories. They have a 24 hour, 12 hour, um, six hour, and then a, I think just recently they added on a three hour. um So uh yeah, it's kind of a kind of a fun race and. Um, uh, you know, doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity, I think, but, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy it because, you know, the mental toughness for ultra races, it really gets you going on that. So,
0: so you run so, up and down mainland's peak over and over again for three or six or 12 or 24 hours.
2: That's yes.
0: uh, yeah. And that's, that's so, and it sounds like, you know, if it's just three miles up and about 2000 feet of elevation, that's just under, you know, a thousand feet of elevation per mile. That's, that's very steep. <laughs> right. So, right. um, that's, it's, that a, it's, a, cool. a, it's a burner. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, as, uh, I guess just wanted to wrap up a little bit here first um, wanted to talk about what, what's next on your all schedule. So, um, Kim, can you, can you tell us, uh, anything that you have planned for 2024? What have you got?
1: Well, so this is Justin's hundred mile year, but I'm going to do El Vicaro Loco, which is a 50 K in Wyoming. And I'm really excited. I've heard amazing things about it. Um, that it's just beautiful. I hear it's super tough. So I'm going to train really hard. Um, I'd like to get a fast time and yeah, that's my 2024. So
0: that sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. And what hundred miler are you looking at doing this year, Justin?
2: Yeah. So I'm, haven't branched out just yet, and so I'm on the wait list for the bear. So okay. bear, um, this awesome. year is it this the year, first year under new ownership or no? The second. Last year? Year. Okay, so this is the second year, and it filled up the same day, which it never has in the past. So and the wait list is 500 people long. Luckily, I'm like uh, number 15 or 12. I don't remember somewhere around there. So I think I'll get in. <laughs> Okay. She says I'm for guaranteed sure. to get in.
1: They go like 200 people down on the wait list.
2: So you're good. Okay. It, it still makes me nervous because every year I've signed up for it, I've got right in, you know, um, yeah. but this year, uh, the first year I've ever been on the wait list for the bear. So I'm anxious about it, but um going to do that one again. And I love the Canyon so much. I am signed up for the white pine 50 miler. Um, and, uh, um, that one's kind of in the same Canyon, um, but it does a loop, uh, you start at, uh, Beaver Mountain Lodge and you make a loop and come back to Beaver Mountain Lodge. Um,
0: uh, they have
2: like a special event there for slap fish or something like that, which maybe I'll do in the future, but apparently you can fish, um, during, the race. during the race and you take your pole oh, with really? you. Kind of a cool idea.
0: Um, <laughs> ultra fishing, ultra fishing. <laughs> um and so and so
2: yeah and then the other races i'm going to do the running up for Aragon. uh it's just in february here so i'm signed up for the six hour event
0: awesome very cool But well, yeah um when is so i know the bear is in like late september right so is that white pine 50 miler is that earlier in the sem- is it in the yeah, summer august office? 17th okay. so yeah. you'll have you'll have some time to to recover a, a little bit for that one. I think it will be the
2: perfect, I'm thinking it will be the perfect spot. I think that's the perfect yeah. spot. Good so,
0: build up. Yeah. Good, good. Well, awesome. Well, uh, it has been just like a, a pleasure to one, catch up with you, Kim, and, and meet you, Justin, and talk with you guys about your life, your running, your careers, your family, and everything. And I just admire you guys so much for, for all of it. Um, and so the last question that I have for you two is what mantra or saying serves as your headlamp through the dark, dark or difficult moments of life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Mine's it's all, it it could always be worse. There you go.
0: Okay. Mental
2: health, you know, (laughs) mantra, but it It could always always be
0: worse. worse. That is true. Right. That is true.
1: Um, I mean, I feel like this is just what I say all the time. I just try to focus on, um, I don't know that it's a mantra, but just smiling through the pain, smiling through the hardships. And, um, I feel like maybe you don't feel good, but sometimes it can turn your perspective around just. Being
0: able to smile through it, wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Kim yeah. always used to say something through her. Oh.
2: Just, this is important through her um, college uh, career in running. And it's look good, run good.
1: No, look good. Oh. Look good, feel good,
2: run oh, good. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the one. So she makes sure me. she puts on her makeup and looks perfect when she's running.
0: So. Hey, that <laughs> is that is a true thing. I I agree with that and uh another that actually is the second time that saying has been on the podcast um, Oh really? Yeah, so Christian Allen I said it wrong. Um <laughs> no, that's what he that's what he said. That was Christian Allen's um of saying uh he's he runs for BYU right now but he's getting into trail running and yeah. He uh it. yeah, so look good feel good run good. It's true though. Like I I've said that to myself too. And, you know, I start like pumping my arms and getting my form better. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it helps, but I also like that it, it can, it could be worse. That's, uh, It could always be worse (laughs) or it could always be worse. Yeah. You know? Um, so I love it. (laughs) 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 Well, again, thank you so much for the conversation. Um, this has been such a pleasure, such a treat to catch up with you guys. And I look forward to following the rest of your 2024 and beyond.
1: Thanks. I'm excited to see what you do.
0: So good luck in your upcoming race. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well.